This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for Noble and Roosh is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's right, they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for Noble and Roosh listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code GNR at manscaped.com. That's GNR at manscaped.com. You're listening to The Noble and Roosh Show, brought to you by Ball is Life and Dash Radio. Welcome back to another episode of The Noble and Roosh Show. I'm your host, Roosh Williams, with my co-host, Zach Noble. And today, we have a very special guest in the building, Mr. Michael Smith. Michael, how you doing, man? How you living? Talk to us. Good, man. Real good. No complaints. Good to talk to you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we see uh, you're on the East Coast. Uh, it's a little stormy out there. I'm on the West Coast. Yeah. So it's I feel, feel a little bad. Um, but is uh, East Coast you starting to kick no, in you spring don't. yet? Or no, what? You, don't. you don't. You don't feel bad. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, West Coast people always say, that, oh, you know, sorry about the weather. Or, yeah, I, you know, you always act like y'all somehow don't like hanging that over our heads. That they're, you know, <laughs> you got it's it a subtle way of throwing shade. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Oh man, it was freezing today. It was sixty-five. It was it was seventy-two. I needed a windbreaker. It's like shut up. You know? Hey, you know what's crazy, man? Michael, I'm from Houston and the weather in Houston is terrible. Oh, okay. But oh, yeah. the weather in Houston's awful, Zach. I don't know if you've ever been. It's it's awful. It rains a lot. It rains a it lot. Rains a lot. It's, it's humid as hell. Uh I love my city, but yeah. it's humid as hell. But I was gonna say I find myself even out here. Beautiful weather, LA. I'll walk my dog at night and it'll be cold, man, like year round at night. It's just kind of chilly. And I find myself <laughs> complaining. You know what I mean? I'll yeah. be like, man, it's kind of cold. And then I have to stop and be like, nah. Yeah, just, just, as long, I mean, as long as you keep your complaints to other people who live in LA, that's fine. Don't complain to somebody who lives in Connecticut and who's lived <laughs> in New England for the last 20 years. Yeah. Or someone that moved from New England back to Minnesota. So, exactly. Don't get me started. But um, so I wanted to start, man, today, obviously, this is hosted by Ball is Life. So we focus on a lot of basketball and NBA. We don't have to stay there the whole time. But I wanted to kick off the hot thing on Twitter today, yesterday, day before uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry's yeah, been balling, balling, balling. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are saying, hey, this is the best version of Steph Curry that we've seen ever. Mm. If, you look, if you look at the numbers, I'm not saying that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that's what people are saying. If you look at the numbers, 
It's very, very similar to his unanimous MVP season. The big distinction and differentiator, obviously, is the fact that the Warriors are not not in the playoff picture. Well, not in the top eight right, right now. Right. But Mike, I wanted to right. kick it to you um, and ask you, you know, what are you seeing from Steph? What are your thoughts? You know, how do you evaluate what's going on? You know, I love that. Um, and I love how you started it about the best version. I'm, I'm, I think this is the most fun version. I think he's, I think he's playing with even more freedom and even more joy and even more peace than he's ever played with. Because I think when you've accomplished what he has and when you have um, won your championship, and you've been the golden boy only to be the villain at certain points in certain pockets in certain corners you know you've you've been hurt you've come back from injury um he's playing like somebody with nothing to prove and i think he's even said that recently and i know mm-hmm. there were some people who tried to push this narrative going into the year like oh this is the year when we find out what Steph is really up. Like, no, no, it's not. Like, I mean, let's let's stop acting like Golden State's success wasn't built on his ability to break the game, you know, uh, and revolutionize how the game is played. Like, yeah, they had Durant. Durant was the best player, no question about it. Yeah, he's had Clay Thompson, and Clay was, you know, on some nights every bit as good, if not better, a shooter, and is right up there in the all-time conversation for greatest shooter. Yeah, they had Clay you know, locking down people's best perimeter defender. Yeah, okay, got it. But that team was, Steph is the, is the foundation of that team. And I think what you're seeing now is just somebody who's like, look, he's playing with house money, in other words. You know, like he's, he's at a place in his life where, you know, he's just enjoying himself. And, you know, I've said recently, and I'm sorry if this sounds crazy, sorry, not sorry, but I really feel this way. And I felt this way really around the all-star game. Like, yeah, you ever have that friend that's just like the life of the party? Like, it may be a party with some live people there, but there's only always that one person that's like, yo, everybody crowding around that person. Yep. All-Star game, Steph was the life of the party in Atlanta. And it got me to thinking, Steph, to me, is the greatest showman I've ever seen in team sports. Mm. Mm. I'm not saying he's the best player. I'm not saying he's the most dominant player. But when you combine his skill set, the degree of difficulty with which he showcases that skill set and the joy, the unbridled childlike joy that he brings to the game and how much, and, and when he's on, nobody is more fun to watch on those nights when he's going 11 of 18 from three, sure. or 11 of 16 from three. I think he's the most fun player I've ever watched in team sports, you know? And I, you know, so that's what I'm seeing, man. I'm just seeing somebody, Mike, can I ask? Has nothing to prove, and he's playing like it. Sorry. Can I ask who are some uh, some other people that would be in that conversation for the most fun in team sports that you've ever seen? Just so I can get an understanding of where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, like, just if we want to stick to basketball, I mean, you know, go anywhere. Fun. Yeah, Ma- Magic was obviously fun. All right, but Magic didn't shoot the three ball as effortlessly as Steph does. Magic, Magic obviously handled the ball and had incredible court vision, but Magic didn't have the crazy handles that Steph does. Um, you know, and I'm talking about from a, from a joy, from an infectious joy standpoint. All right, let's go to, let's go to baseball and, and Ken Griffey. Okay. But you know, 
We had to wait for a ball to be hit to center field. We had to wait for Ken Griffey to come to the plate four or five times a game. Barry Bonds had to wait for somebody to actually pitch to him, you know, when he got to the plate. They had to be forced to pitch to Barry Bonds. That was fun, but in a different kind of way. You know, you want to go football, primetime. Primetime was, was, was fun to watch, but primetime shut down half the field. Mm-hmm. He had to wait till he got the ball in his hand, you know. Um, and I'm not a, I'm not a soccer uh, aficionado. I'm sure some soccer fans would, would throw out, you know, uh, a, a Pele or Messi or Ronaldo or somebody, but and I and I'll defer to, to their judgment on that, you know. But Barry Sanders, Barry Sanders was great, but he only played on offense. I was going to say and he Barry only Sanders. got any, he could only get the ball, but twenty sometimes a game. Yep. I think it's the I think it's the nature of the sport, but more than anything, it's that Steph is getting a kick out of himself. He reminds me of a stand up comedian that's cracking himself up. <laughs> you know, that's like awesome. he, did a, he, did a, he, he he knows his jokes are landing, and he's yeah. laughing at his own joke. You know, so it's kind of like Luca I'm last night. Somebody, if you saw yeah. Luca hit that that floater, and then he put that, he had that smile. I don't know if you follow. Um, I think it was Dragonfly Jones on Twitter said this. Shout out to Dragonfly Love Jones. Dragonfly, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and he said Luca had that smile where he was like, "Damn, you know, I can't, I can't believe I'm that good. Like, I, I'm surprising myself. You know? Yeah." And Steph, and Steph right now is shooting threes with, I mean, he barely, he, he doesn't need any space to get his shot off. And he's doing sure. stuff that he's shaking, he's, he's shaking his own head. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's all of it, man. And I'm just, I, I, I said today, and I've never thought about Steph like this, or at least it's been a long time since I have. But pretty soon, if not now, there needs to be a conversation about where Steph ranks among the greatest players of all time. Not greatest point guards, not greatest shooters the greatest players of all time, full stop. Yes, that, that conversation, hey, if it's I, not already happened, it needs I, to happen soon. I got him number 12, man. I got him number 12. And you said it perfectly um, when you just say he's the, the life of the party right now. It looks like he's having just as much fun as ever, which is crazy because it's arguably his worst team he's been on in I don't know how many years. Uh, but free and showman, I mean – when you say greatest showman and all of sports, I mean, he's been one of my favorite three NBA players, favorite five of all time. That's for sure. But I don't know other guys. It's just such a strong title to put on any player to um, no give question. to someone. But like when you truly think about it, it's like, damn, it, I think it's real because the only other guys I can think of that like rank up there are Pat Mahomes and then maybe like Allen Iverson for me. Uh, yeah. That's how much and, and joy those are, and those are good ones. Those are good ones. But but AI, AI for example was like, and I, and this isn't a, a case against AI, but like AI was just like, who is this little dude taking it to these big guys and his heart and his toughness? Um, you know, Mahomes is doing things with the football that that you know no quarterback has done. You know, a quarterback throwing no look passes is just crazy. Yeah. Although Rodgers has done that. Um, you know, Michael Vick. All right, take Michael Vick. And for Michael Vick was electric. Lamar Jackson's got some of that in him. Michael Vick's another good one that was like, oh man, you know, that's his must-see TV. But that was like, you know, how many how many plays was, you know, not every play was that run against the Vikings with Michael Vick. And obviously Michael Vick was on the sideline a lot. Yeah. I just, again, I think it's the nature of the sport. You know, basketball and soccer have similarities in that regard where you have so many possessions and so many opportunities. Um. And it's also what he does so well, the degree of difficulty where he shoots 
the three ball is what it, what does it for me. Like, if you said, Michael, you know, if you got one performer you could pay to watch, obviously I'm going back in time and I'm paying to watch Michael Jordan. For sure. You know what I mean? Um, but it's almost like, all right, I, I'll, t- I'll go to music. You go to music and if you had one performer you can go back in time to watch, you probably go back in time and watch Michael Jackson or somebody like that. Even if Michael Jackson's not your favorite artist, you probably be like, yo, I'd love to be at an MJ concert. Yeah, you see people passing out in the front row just because they see him breathing, you know? Yeah. But for my money, the Roots put on a better concert than anybody. For my money. They're up there. I go to a Roots concert or a Prince concert. Like, Prince is like, yo, I'm going to go see a Prince concert. So, yeah, so that's kind of how I feel about stuff, man. And and I'm glad you put it like this best version because it's just... And whoever whoever put that out there at the beginning of the season that he had to prove something like, okay, yeah, this is what it looks like when he's not sharing with anybody else. <laughs> he puts up fifty points in three times in the last in the calendar year, you know. So my thing with Steph though is like, I think he's just more focused because he he knows this year is a wash and he doesn't have too much hope for it. Nor does he put that pressure on himself. He's just out there having fun, and that's where the word free means so much here. Like, I don't think he's necessarily grinding when he needs to because he's just so talented and he's his usage is as high as ever and i mean it's all just your basic your counting stats is where he's dominating the boards right now the advance are way down compared to his mvp year and his years he was having a lot more success winning wise i just don't think he's caring about making others around him better this year nor focusing much on the defensive end he's just really focused on having fun and putting on a show because that's the part that, I mean, I don't blame him. Why, why waste all yeah. your energy if you don't have to? Well, I, think, I do think he cares about making his teammates better. I think he doesn't care yes, about deferring. Yeah. I think he cares. I, I think he realizes that the way to make them better is myself. And, and that, it comes with uh, the word I would attach to him right now, if I could get kind of on a spiritual level. I see gratitude in his game. Yes, yes. I see gratitude. I see somebody who after last season and after the career that he's had is just really thankful for his gifts and thankful for the opportunity to be playing right now. Can you guys hear me okay? It's still, it's still raining. You guys got me okay? Yeah, yeah, we got you. It broke up for just a second, but, but we got you. Um, I was going to say – Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I see, I see gratitude in his game. I see somebody who is grateful to be able to play and grateful for his gifts. And grateful that he's out there after he missed last year. And I know we're all grateful to be watching him uh, ourselves. Yeah, man, I, I was going to say, unfortunately, so just for full disclosure, um, like I said, I'm from Houston. I probably say this once an episode, um, but <laughs> I, I came from the I, I have spent way too much time on the Internet having to participate in and engage in the James Harden versus Steph Curry debate. So I, unfortunately, was one of the people promulgating the cool, man. Let's see what Steph does without, without good players. Let's see like if he can carry them. Um, but at yep. the same time, I do agree with you. Cause I, when I get away from that argument, which I, I hate getting into those stupid arguments, cause it really kills like how we appreciate and enjoy the game. When I, when I sure. zoom out, man, Steph isn't like you, you nailed it. What he does, the degree of difficulty that is his specialty and how easy he makes it look is what makes him so special. Like I'm five eleven, I shoot threes. I couldn't imagine being six two and doing it at that level 
every night. It's 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 inspiring. It's insane. Yeah. Why you while you said music, I, I was. I hope I, didn't, I hope I didn't insult you. Though. I guess what I'm saying is like I think what ended up happening, you know, and I think let's put it, let's put what you said in context. I think you ended up getting pulled into an argument. Right. And Harden is somebody who I, I've defended a lot. I've defended James Harden a lot. Uh, I, I should be a sports defense attorney because I find myself defending cats a lot. I feel um, the same way, man. But, everybody says I'm always defending everybody. <laughs> yeah, but like, but 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 Steph has often been pitted against or juxtaposed against other people. Right. Like when he was unanimous MVP, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think when he got unanimous MVP is when some of the villain, if I could call it the villain stuff, started because he was juxtaposed against LeBron. Yes. Right. And in an era when we crucify players left and right, Steph, for a lot of reasons, both basketball wise and let's let's face it, culturally, was viewed as some kind of a, you know, like he was being protected or he or he was Teflon. And so people I think used him to pit him against other people and, and how we talked about other people, his narrative versus other narratives. And, and also, let's be honest, he has not been the best player in the finals when they've gotten there. Correct. Right. And, I, and I don't think that's helped this case. So I don't blame you for being pulled into it because Steph, like you said, like, you know, people say they build you up to tear you down. Steph was everybody's favorite baby face assassin until he wasn't. So right. I, I understand how you, how you get pulled into that. I'm sorry, but I don't mean to ramble. What were you about to say? No, no, you're good. I mean, it's, uh, to, to, to tack on to that is two things. One, like you said, he's, you know, he's everybody's darling until he's not. And when they won that first title, he was everybody's darling. Um, and yep. then the second year comes, unanimous MVP, like you said. They get to the final 73-9, and nine, huge favorites. He doesn't come up big. They lose it. They blow the 3-1 lead. And what also feeds into all that with LeBron versus Steph specifically, um, they got like you right. said, well, no, basketball-wise, yes, absolutely. But beyond that, I think it goes yeah. beyond that. Like you said, they get juxtaposed, right? So LeBron, self-made, you know, came from nothing, yep. exceeded the expectations, that whole thing, became arguably the greatest player of all time. And then now Steph is what? Del Curry's son, been around the game since he was, you know, born, kind of coddled in that respect. And so they, like, couldn't be any different from that perspective. It doesn't personally matter to me. What's unfair about the Steph as silver spoon kid if you will yeah like steph went to davidson man for sure yeah like steph, steph wasn't like so highly recruited highly touted you know incredible like chosen he wasn't the chosen one yeah lebron had a harder upbringing right but steph wasn't the chosen one steph is like and steph at the beginning of his career had weak ankles and was always hurt steph was steph was not this dude he was not projected to be who he's become. Like, he's as self-made as anybody. Yeah, he's Del Curry's kid. Yeah, he's Sonya Curry's kid. But he didn't have a, you know, he didn't have, a, he didn't have roll settles thrown in his feet. Like, he was, and, and again, like you said, he's 6'3". Mm-hmm. You know, he's not, he's, not, he's not somebody who was blessed with, he doesn't play above the rim. And right. I think that's what made him so relatable at one point, especially, you know, that tournament run with Davidson. And then coming into the league, like, oh, you know, he, he looks like like one like somebody that you know looks like one of us. He's an everyman right. in many respects. Oh, Only as is- he got to be otherworldly, did it seem like he was like, oh, he was always supposed to do this. But no, this this, this road was was not an easy one for him. But I was saying, basketball wise, 
but also turned him, you know, gave him something of a heel turn, and it became, you know, the hated Warriors. They they went from the fun Warriors to the hated Warriors once they got Kevin Durant. And right. just like it backfired on Durant, it backfired on them too. Like, oh, you got to get Durant to beat LeBron, you know? Yeah. Well, well said, man. I mean, Steph Curry, I mean, from basketball perspective, I mean, he just as much got it out of the dirt as anybody. I mean, wasn't gifted the body. I mean, wasn't gifted anything besides, I mean, genetics, of, of maybe a little bit of athleticism shooting for him. I mean, I don't know how genetic that is, but just being around it, I, I need to dive in to get the more science around that. But I mean, the dude, I mean, had all these setbacks with injuries, overcame them and still has been able to perform at the level he has. I mean, the month of April right now to wrap up the, the Curry segment here, he's had eight games in April, averaging 40 points, seven rebounds, shooting 57 from the field, 50 from three. In the last three games, he's made 10 plus three pointers, setting more and more records uh, behind the arc, which is just Insane. been a delight to watch and i just hope it keeps rolling he gets finds his way into the at least the the play-in game i mean he's in it right now but i think he finishes seven or eight in the west so he needs a he, he needs a jock jams four-pointer <laughs> all right hoopaholics ball is life is more than a saying around here sure we might break down luca's latest game winner play 2k until our eyes bleed or go john morant on an eight foot rim for the gram but really it's how we attack each and every day that's why we teamed up with manscaped to provide our listeners with the best tools for keeping the balls in your life game time ready it's a real confidence booster. For example, just last Friday, and this is a true story, I was preparing to propose to my now fiance. The stress compiled with running around town on a humid day put me in a rather precarious, swampy situation. The last thing in the world I wanted to do was worry about funky junk when I dropped the need to propose. Thankfully, Manscaped included their Crop Reviver in the Perfect Package Kit 3.0 that they sent over last week, so I was literally not sweating at all after a quick spritz. Handle your package with care and get 20% off and free shipping with the code GNR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code GNR. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Michael, one thing I wanted to get into with you and ask you was, um, I think one big problem the NBA has seen this season has been the way they scheduled the games. Yeah. Um, and basically the devaluation of the regular season. We saw the other night, uh, the Sixers and the Nets, you know, in, in any other week or in any other year or whatever would be a marquee matchup, top two teams in the East. But Brooklyn opted to sit a bunch of people in the NFL. That would be like a Sunday night, Monday night game. And then in terms of the games just being stacked, you're seeing teams play like six games and nine nights, crazy stuff like that. And unfortunately, we saw Jamal Murray uh, with the season ending ACL injury the other night, you know, effectively, unfortunately, taking Denver probably out of the mix. So I wanted to ask you, like, how do you see this? How do you assess this? Um, and what do you think the league should do or what kind of fix is out there? Man, um, it's a, it's a bed or uncomfortable bed that unfortunately they got to sleep in. I wish, listen, I mean, if Mark Cuban can 
talk about hindsight when it comes to the playing tournament. Fine, I'll do hindsight. I wish they had done a 50 game season for Great. one yep. and, and treated it like the lockout year. You know, where, hey, we just came off a bubble. We just came, we're in a pandemic. It's a quick turnaround, a short turnaround. Let's just do 50. Um, that would have been nice. It would be nice. Uh, the All Star game. I don't think it was. I don't think the All Star game is to blame. No, not at all. I don't think that's to blame. That was a success. Uh, did they have to do it in the pandemic? No, but it was a success, and I don't think that contri- that's contributing to injuries. I think, and I don't know if this is even possible. I'm just spitballing. Uh, this is not my. This is not my account. I couldn't tell you if this is something they could do. I think it would be prudent to take a break after the regular season's over, and and go on pause before the playoffs. Mm. Like let every team rest, recuperate. Yep. Give the give give the league an opportunity to put its best foot forward in the playoffs. I don't You're know. Talking one week, two weeks, one month. I mean, I no, I don't think it's a month. I, I say a couple of weeks. Say yeah, a couple I weeks. like that a lot. I really do. It's two just... weeks, two weeks would be good, right? Two weeks to just kind of like catch breath, reset. You know, guys that are. Certain guys, you know, nagging injuries kind of give them a little chance to, to to rest and just like let their body like low maintenance, like for the league. The league needs low maintenance because right now, I mean, I understand it's a battle of attrition at this point. Like it's, it doesn't matter if you have the tiebreaker, if you don't have Kevin Durant. You know, um, so I, I get coaches prioritizing health uh, and playing a long game over trying to winning, trying to win. Um, regular season game number 55 or whatever it is. See, I agree and I understand that. And, but I think the flip side of that is, cause I mean, I've been an NBA lifer and it's like, I feel like maybe I'm living in the moment. I don't know, but I feel like this season we've seen such poor competition at times consistently, like you'll flip oh. it on one night and there's, you know, five, 20, 30 point blowouts. And it's just like, mm-hmm. all right, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. Now I want the players to not get hurt. Cause I think that's number one, like that first of all, kills your product. Second of all, it's just like, you never want to see someone lose prime years of their career. So I think a shortened season might be in the future. I don't know though. Cause like the value of these regular season games being lost sucks so much. You know what I mean? Like to not look forward to a game and just think, ah, whatever, it doesn't really matter. Or, Oh, you know, so-and-so is resting. They're not going to play. I think it devalues it. Am I wrong in that? Am I alone? I mean, we rushed, we rushed the offseason. Everybody's realizing it, that now with the most injuries in the history. I mean, the big injuries, too, and big-time players missing out, games played. And also, I mean, these blowouts. You, you named it. It's the most blowouts in NBA history for a season. Um, so rec- record numbers in both those categories. But they want to get – there's been no real talk about shortening the season overall, I'm sure. That might come later on. It's just, I think they really want to get back onto a normal schedule as quick and um, smooth as possible. So I think they, they got room for a week or two break. I would just personally love to see the first round get back to five games. I really would. More competition. Those series are normally really bad if they're seven-game series anyways. I just think it'd just be way more competitive round one if they're only five games. Yeah, that's old school. I like that. Um, I think it's a couple of conversations. I think one is, yes, I think the regular season has been compromised by the current set of circumstances and how they've tried to navigate them. 
Right. But in terms of the value in the regular season, I feel like and you guys could speak to this better than I can because you're so close to it. I, I just feel like the NBA, the culture of the NBA has devalued its own regular season because we place so yes. much emphasis on the playoffs. Like, yes, these, I mean, these players take their cues from whether they realize it or not. They take their cues from fans. They take their cues from media. And all fans and media have become consumed with, and whether you want to blame Michael Jordan or rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, we're consumed with championships. And we're concerned. Yes. Nothing matters. Show us in the playoffs. Like the Clippers right now, if, if take blind resume, take the Clippers jerseys, take their, 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 their mascot, take their brand off, off the table. Just look at what they've done the regular season. Everybody would have them favored to win the NBA championship just based yeah. on what they've done in this regular season. But it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. Prove it in the playoffs. You haven't right. done it in the playoffs. You know, Milwaukee, you haven't done it in the playoffs. Oh man, look, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a Rockets fan. Yeah. We had a, we had a great run, like some of the Eight best Rockets. Years. Right. And, and it, everyone's it was, like, it follow you know, because yeah. like, oh, you didn't win a championship. Oh, because you didn't beat Golden State. I mean, right. when they, they should have, when they couldn't. Got hurt. You they, know, they, like, couldn't hit, they couldn't hit a three. Well, you got hurt injuries, but couldn't hit a three to save their lives. And, but nonetheless, um, you know, even last year, Giannis Antetokounmpo was the MVP. And all it took was a playoff loss to say, we shouldn't be giving MVPs until after the playoffs. Like, Not so fast. Like, wait a second. You know, it's like, so I think, I think part of it is just how we view the regular season. And teams are constructing themselves. The Nets are a prime example. They're not built to win in the regular season. They're built to win a championship. Yeah. You know, so I think that's part of it is just how we, how we view the regular season, which is unfortunate because it's entertaining. There's no product like it. Um, and, you know, it's just a different sport. I mean, we, we were comparing sports earlier. We were talking about greatest showmen. I mean, the NFL every week matters, and they've capitalized off that, that every game matters. Now, eventually, they're going to play 72 games, and it's not going to matter. They keep, they keep adding weeks at this point. to the 17. I think you it's awful idea. Hey, like, what are we doing, people? Um, yeah. uh, you know, and it's like, it's kind of like that with Major League Baseball, where it's like, you know, the, the dog days of summer, and then you end up in the playoffs, and it kind of, the intensity ratchets up a little bit. So I think by its nature and by just the way that uh, the conversation around the NBA goes, which, I, yes, what I've enjoyed about this NBA season earlier, one of the things I've been, I, I, I never stop enjoying is a conversation around the NBA. NBA talk is second to none. There is Hell no yeah. other, conversation in, in the NBA because it's got the best hypotheticals. It's got the best speculation. It's got the best arguments. It's got the best debates. It's got the best free agency, you know, absolutely. In no, in no other sport do you talk about two off seasons from now. <laughs> right. Right. It's the best reality so, show we have period, you know? Yeah. Right. And, and, and this season that has not been missing despite some of the compromise competition you mentioned uh, that has not, uh, been missing this season as far as baseball doesn't far. put baseball doesn't put that extreme emphasis on you know so and so winning a, a world series like i never hear people say like oh where's this world series like they they say there's just, nine guys if not more you know yeah like mike and trout mike trout mike trout has won as many playoff games as me and yeah. he's uh, he's celebrated as he should be you know what i mean yeah. so I, I think i think they're more reasonable in baseball um because not just the not just the nine guys, but just like there's only so much you could do four or five times at the plate. You know, there's only right. so much you could do 
from your position uh, on on the field. And so I think I think their fans are more reasonable when it comes to um, expectations. I mean, look, don't get me wrong; like guys who win rings in baseball occupy a higher level um, and are celebrated in a different in a different way. But I think baseball, you understand that there's only so much one player can do. Whereas in basketball, one player, the right player, can literally change a franchise and turn turn them from a lottery team to a championship team. And, and, and the history of the NBA has been written by dynasties, and those dynasties have their monarchs. For sure. That, you know, and so... I think fan bases get hurt the most because the fans are the ones that have to spend that time arguing with other fans. Like, okay, if I was a Seattle Supersonics fan from the 90s, yeah. like, you know, those, I always bring those Sonics teams up because they're one of my favorite teams ever. The, it, the different iterations of them with Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, Hersey Hawkins, Detlef Shrimp, Sam Perkins, you name it, Nate McMillan, whatever. Um, Kendall Gill, maybe. But they won no less than, I'm going off the top of my head, I could be wrong, but I think they won no less than 55 yeah. games, like Sorry, five, five times, or maybe six times in the 90s. They hit, there was a stretch where they were like 57, they were winning 57 games or more. Yeah. Um, you know, they went to a final, they lost it against arguably the greatest team of all time and people mm-hmm. forget about them. And, and I hate it. You'll see it on Twitter. People will say, Oh, you know, Mike Jordan didn't play anyone in the, in the finals. And it's like, what were you alive? Cause they were yeah. 64, 18 with the yeah. defensive player of the year. You know what I mean? He made it, he made it seem like he didn't play anybody. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but it's just sad to see. Cause it's like, it's, I don't know why we, de- you know, degrade the thing we love so much to the point where it's like, it's binary, right? It's, oh, you want a ring? Yeah. You didn't, you suck. Like, that's well, you just- know, it's funny. I, I was talking about that today with LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, and LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, a 19 and eight guy for his career, you know, had some really big playoff games. Against the Houston uh, Rockets. I remember those very remember, vividly. Uh, like, yeah, like 46, 43, those first couple of games of that series. Back to back. Like- 14 was it i think it was i think it was like um, 46 and 45 back to back or something i just remember thinking like yo when is he gonna miss one <laughs> right master of the long two you yeah. know uh, just and i said like man you know sometimes like everybody not gonna retire with rings or you know it, as, as a as a goat like sometimes man you just the best compliment i could give a guy is like yo i just love your game for sure i just love la's game and I enjoyed watching him. And that's enough. That's enough. He had a great career. Thank you for your great career. Thank you for the memories. Thank you. He balled out in Portland. And then, you know, San Antonio was a marquee free agent at one point. Um, and yeah, you're right. It's just, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the good and bad of these NBA conversations. Because a lot of the very conversations we're talking about and the speculation that we're talking about and the free agency that we're talking about every July, which is like a, the fifth major sport for crying out loud. Um, you know, it, it stems from that relentless pursuit of rings. Yep. It stems from those goat conversations. So it's, it's good, but it's bad because like you said, it makes us kind of take for granted the regular season and take for granted the guys who don't reach the mountaintop. And there's a lot of great players who just couldn't break through Michael Jordan or couldn't break through LeBron or couldn't break through Shaq and Kobe uh, or couldn't break through Golden State. Doesn't mean we shouldn't appreciate the entertainment. Because at the end of the day, it's about entertainment. Yep. And he's giving us that. No, I, 
definitely loved and respected. Well, Marcus Aldridge over the year is going to miss that guy for sure. And I think he deserves a ring. And I really do. If they end up pulling it out this year, I don't care if it's only five games, but he would have been there. He would have been valuable in the end. I don't know. That's controversial. Sue me. I don't care. Uh, But with that said, transitioning from the NBA a little bit, following your career for a long time now, are you more, do you think you're, you like football a little better? I mean, football, your real love, or I know you like all sports, but do you lean towards football a little bit? If I'm being honest, I would say because, you know, early in my career, um, you know, I, I covered the Patriots for the Boston Globe yep. and covered the NFL on a national level um, for ESPN for a number of years. So I, I focused a lot. I concentrated. I specialized yep. for uh, my formative years, if you will. I would say I know football better. I admittedly, I think I speak more intelligently and with more authority about football. But I actually okay. have to like the NBA better. Okay. I, I enjoy the NBA better. Because of all the reasons we just talked about, it's, yeah. I, I, it's more fun for me. At this no, point. I, could, I can hear the passion. I mean, but I can hear it with every sport you talk about. Yeah, that's, I that's how you made a strong living. I mean, well, it ain't it ain't for my good looks and it ain't for my <laughs> and it ain't because I got the best command of the language. I think, you know, the the the, the, the my superpower is yeah. my passion. Um, both the passion to be the best that I could be, the passion to be whatever that I'm, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm working on, I want it to be great, and just you know, I what I've tried to do since I transitioned around twenty. 11 to like a full-time host anchor talking head, whatever you want to call it is like just to, to, to talk about the things I care about yeah, or find the, the angle to the story that I care about, because I think people gravitate towards that. And I think if, if they're watching you on television, if you care about it, they're going to care about it. If you kind of lukewarm on it, why should they listen to you about it? You know? Well, sure. to that point, man, I think the NBA markets its players the best. I think the NBA markets its league the best out of the three. You could disagree if you want. I don't know, Zach, but I think Major yeah. League no, Baseball do. does, does do. a terrible job of it, personally. Yeah. Uh, Major League Baseball, I think, is, misses so many potential angles for, like, growth and growing the game. I think it's the culture. I think it's the culture. Absolutely. Think the NBA, so I think it all adds up. I think, okay, so the NBA is the much more – individualized team sport, if you will, even though baseball is a, a team sport, an individual sport masquerading as a team sport, baseball. Yep. Nonetheless, the culture of baseball is not one for individual glory. Remember, we're, ju- we're, we're just now starting to accept bat flips. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just, fucked up. Like, just now getting to the point where like, some showmanship is allowed. Some flair is allowed. It's not yeah. so, you know. And in te- and in team, excuse me, and in football is the ultimate team sport, where it's like nobody above the team. Yeah, everybody's got their helmets. Do your job. And so, what I think basketball has has always had is is a. It's much easier to pick out a, a basketball player. Yeah. Uh, B, you know, it's five guys playing both ends much more uh it's 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 more ripe for a superstardom it's much more ripe for a star to, to come out of the nba and i think those players 
don't have to be encouraged or conditioned or trained to market themselves. The NBA players, not only does the NBA do the, does the best job of marketing their players, the NBA, I would argue, also has the best personalities. The Completely NBA has the guys who you ain't got to tell them to market themselves. Those guys are living on social media and engaging fans in a way that, no disrespect, and I'm sure there are baseball players and football players who would disagree, but they just seem to be more comfortable doing that. You yeah, know, for sure. I mean, no other sport sells shoes for crying out loud. Not like, not like that. I mean, so they're, they're well, natural salesmen. To be fair, to be fair, we're not going to be rocking cleats, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, they're wearing, <laughs> let's be real. They're wearing the least amount of clothes. Okay. So you actually, I mean, you see these dudes, you, you can read every facial expression. You know what they're doing to their bodies. I mean, it, it's, it's out there. Like, and they're. <laughs> well, you have a realistic chance to make a play on they, every single play when you're, yeah. when you're playing basketball. But, right? but, but the NBA, whether it's the sneakers that they're, that they're selling. Or nowadays, the walk into the arena For the sure. is the sport that influences fashion. The NBA influences yeah. culture in a way that football and baseball do not. Baseball right. may be America's pastime, and, the, and, and, and it may represent Americana, and football may be America's passion and America's obsession, but the culture is driven forward in partnership with the National Basketball Association. Love yeah. it. So the other most important position outside of the individualized positions in the NBA, in all of sports, I'd say is the quarterback position. I got to know, I know you've been focusing on the draft coming up a lot. And yep. this is as one of the most polarizing QB classes, I think, coming up. Makes where, where would you put the top five guys? Who are your top five guys at the QB spot coming into this draft? You know, I mean... <sighs> It's like, I think it's two questions. It's like, who's going to get drafted? Top five. And then who are the top five guys? It's like, I mean, I, I don't think Trevor, excuse me, I don't think they're going to miss with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. I think it's a safe bet to be really good. There are some moments that I'm like, man, I didn't really like that throw. I didn't really like those mechanics, you know, but. Who's your be- top five? I, I- He's I don't care be, who you think they're going to get drafted to. No, no, I'm saying he's, he's going to be good. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to say anybody's better than Trevor Lawrence. You're not saying he's revolutionary like people are making him out to be, though? I don't think, he's, I don't, I don't think he's that. I don't think he is going to... World-changing? Yeah, like, look, okay, <laughs> most can't miss since Andrew Luck. Like, when Andrew Luck came into the league, like... I knew Andrew Luck was going to be that dude because I had heard about it for several years that, you know, the guy in the Pac-12 is, is Andrew Luck. And he was going to instantly become one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't know that Trevor Lawrence very quickly will be in the conversation with the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't know that. Okay. But I think he'll be good. I think he'll be really, really good. Um, I can't say that I'm – it's almost like I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on Zach Wilson. I am. <laughs> I, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on Zach Wilson. Like he was really good in college, and and everybody says he's got Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers type skills. So it's like, all right. I mean, and I hate throwing that up. out there. Sign <laughs> me up for that. So if we're talking, wait for it. Upside. If we're talking upside. Then I then I think the number one guy is Wilson. If we're talking safe, secure, no brainer, 
sleep well at night knowing he's your quarterback for the next 12 years is Trevor Lawrence. If we're talking to do though, that I think has an opportunity to be a star, like, okay, let's, I'll, I'll bring it back to the NBA for a second. I, I'm not an NBA draft expert, but even going into the draft, I was like, give me the guy that's going to be a star. That's LaMelo ball. Yes, sir. Like LaMelo ball is going to be a star. Like you can Absolutely. see it. You know what I mean? Like he may not have been seven feet, but like LaMelo ball is going to be a star. And I think we've seen, we saw that before he got hurt. Justin Fields is going to be a star. Like a dude that, and I, and, and I think what convinced me of that, he was great last year and then was really good again this year. The way he performed against Clemson busted up and the way he carved up that defense. I'm like, yeah, this guy, this guy's got superstar potential. I think he has the highest ceiling in my opinion of any of the top guys. Um, Love it. I think the highest floor of any of the top guys, believe it or not, is Mac Jones. Cause I think Mac Jones wow. is going to be a dude that he'll start for you for 10 years. Is he going to be the reason you win a Super Bowl? No, but he can win some. Um, and then I think Trey Lance is the guy that I'm, I'm most intrigued by. Like Trey Lance is the dude that I want. I want Atlanta to draft Trey Lance. Ooh. I want Atlanta to take Trey Lance and stash him for two years and then roll him out and watch him go crazy. Okay. I just don't want him playing right away. So I would say if I was ranking them, just to recap, I know that was a lot. If I was ranking them, I'd probably go, for me, i go Fields, Wilson, Lawrence, Lance, and Jones. That would I be love it. of my favorite quarterbacks. Okay. That'd be, that's what I would do. Appreciate it. I hope all, I hope all that made sense. No, it did. That was great, man. Made a ton of sense. Real quick, to wrap that up, where would you rank this, this QB class? Not rank, but like, you know, in terms of all time, like, where do you think these guys are going to measure up, end up? Oh, man, that's hard. <laughs> um, that's really hard. I mean, I've heard comparisons to 04. Um, see, I think we got to be careful of talking like quantity versus quality. Right. Um, but that, that's baked into the question, though. For sure. I mean, because there could be, there could be, there could be six quarterbacks, because I've seen, um, the kid from Stanford sneak in in the first round in some mock drafts. Um, there could be, there could be a half a dozen quarterbacks in the first round. Um, Same. When you talk about Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Jones, Lance, um, that could be, that, they could all go in the top 10 for crying out loud. Um, but I don't, but I, but all right. Would anybody be shocked if Lance, given how inexperienced he is, didn't work out. Wouldn't be shocked. No, not at all. Would anybody be shocked if Mac Jones turned out to be closer to Jimmy Garoppolo than Tom Brady? Wouldn't be not shocked. shocked. No. Right. Would anybody be shocked if another Ohio State quarterback didn't succeed at the pro level? Okay, okay. You're I right. think the only person you'd be shocked if they didn't succeed that goes back to like how, like how safe it is is Trevor Lawrence. You'd be shocked if Trevor Lawrence were a bust. Yeah. And Zach Wilson? I could see Zach Wilson being a bust. I'm not, it, I'm not. Right? Especially, and this is the most important thing. 
it depends on where they go. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's go back to 04, the last great quarterback class. Let's go back to 04. Or even let's go back to... Um, Don't you think 2018 is pretty good? Uh, okay, sure. 18. It's, it's, it's recent, but let's go to 18. All right. Jackson ended up in Baltimore. Okay. There is no better organization to end up with. Say what you want about the passing game struggles. There's no better organization to end up with. Right. Buffalo did a phenomenal job of developing Josh Allen. Josh Allen. And he did a phenomenal job of improving, unlike any quarterback we could remember. Yep. Baker Mayfield, if you'd have had this conversation last year, people would have been like, mm, I don't know. If you'd have had this conversation two years ago, it'd have been like, Baker Mayfield, Cleveland got, you know what I mean? So it's been like, I've always like, been a Baker guy. But now you kind of look like Baker Mayfield, now that you mentioned. I'm sure you get that. <laughs> Uh, now <laughs> I get that and Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. But now Baker Mayfield looks like he's solid with a good supporting cast. He right. came out like game busters as a rookie, struggled the second year. Now he's like, okay, give him a good supporting cast. Don't make, don't ask him to carry the team. Baker Mayfield, you can win with Baker Mayfield. So what I'm saying is situation or even last year's quarterback class, Joe Burrow got hurt. Looks like he's the real deal. Justin Herbert looks like he's the real deal. Yeah, about Tua. Um, and I'm sure yeah, I'm missing the question mark. I'm sure I'm missing some people. I've said this before. Set aside off the field stuff. Set off the field stuff aside. And that's a big set aside. I think the difference between Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and one one guy got drafted by by the Chiefs, one guy went to the Texans. That to me is the difference in talent between those two guys. Yeah. One guy went to the Chiefs, one guy went to the Texans. Yeah. Okay. So going back to 04, the reason I say that is because you got. You may end up when it's all said and done with three Hall of Famers from 04. That's why that's why I said 04. You should. Eli's not a Hall of Famer. Not in my book. He, he may get there. He may get he may get voted in, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Okay. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. If he gets there, I'm not gonna like, you know, it's not, I'm not gonna scream bloody murder if he gets there. But but you are a Patriots fan, right? I am not a Patriots fan. You're not? Okay, okay. okay. I covered the Patriots. Big okay, okay. Uh okay. so um and I respect what he did in the playoffs. I just don't think a guy who's, who was average for the most for most of his career I'm with is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, I just think slaying the beast twice is is insane, given the beast that he slayed. That's probably going to get him in. That's probably right. going to get him in. Right. It's like the most unlikely like villain or hero or however you want to frame it to take on. Like he's got two rings and two of the greatest throws in Super Bowl history. Crazy. Stop. With that with that Stop face. Right like that's that all. I, that's what I would, if I would give in this case and all of him, I'd be like, he's got two rings over the definitive team in NFL history. He's got, he's beaten the greatest quarterback in NFL history twice with two of the most memorable throws. You cannot write the story of NFL history without Tyrone, sure. uh, without a uh, Ty- Tyree, David Tyree, Tyree, Tyree David and, 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 and Mattingham, Mario Mattingham. You cannot write the story of NFL history without those two throws. And cherry on top is he did it all with that goofy ass face. Shout out to yeah. Eli Manning, but but so so I think Philip Rivers is a better quarterback than Eli Manning. Yeah, absolutely. I would put, I would put Rivers in the Hall of Fame even though he hadn't won shit. I would. And, but Damn. He up, but he ended up in San Diego behind Drew Brees and with the, and with solid supporting cast. But even he yeah. didn't win consistently. And then of course Roethlisberger went to Pittsburgh with the right. you know probably the second most successful organization in the NFL. Right. So I'll say I'd like to say I think so much of it with these quarterbacks 
as it always is, and this is stating the obvious, but you can't state it enough because it's easy to forget. It depends on where they end up. So let me ask you this. Um, you did mention, first of all, you mentioned real quick. I was going to say, I could see Zach Wilson busting, being a bust, because it feels like every time there's a the hot QB prospect, they always look good on paper. They always check all the boxes, and then they just kind of don't get there. And I feel like he has potential He's to be going to the Jets. He's going to the Jets. Right. If right. he goes to the Jets, then you always got to want, like, it's, oh, you going to be the dude to turn it around? Okay, we'll see. Hey, Baker's doing it. Baker's doing huh? it. Baker's doing it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, they had to get up That's what quarterbacks went to die. Yeah. That's what quarterbacks went to die for a long time. You know, in Cincinnati, it was like, Joe Burrow looks like he, they got a keeper in Joe Burrow. It's like, you know, if Zach Wilson goes to the Jets and the Jets are, if they jet this thing, then is that his <laughs> fault? You know, I mean, if, like, we'll, we'll see if Urban Meyer can coach in the NFL. We'll see if, if the Jaguars can be good with Trevor Lawrence. Um, so, that's, so let me that's ask why I think Atlanta, I think Atlanta is, if somebody goes to Atlanta or New England, those are the two people that's going to have incredible careers. Good Just infrastructure of, to improve. Yeah, man. Like Aaron Rodgers, worst day of his life was the best day of his life. Yeah. You know, sitting in yeah. that green room was the best thing that ever happened to Aaron Rodgers. I know he's yeah. only got only got one Super Bowl, but I mean, come on. Yeah. Couldn't have worked out any better. If if Justin Fields goes to his hometown team in Atlanta and sits behind Matt Ryan with Arthur Smith coaching, or if Trey Lance goes to Atlanta, like I hope he does. Like, I, I hope, my hope is that this is the order. I hope it goes, I hope it goes Lawrence, Wilson, Fields to the 49ers, Lance to the Falcons, Mac Jones to the Patriots. I'd love all that's of those. I, I really would. That's what I think it should look like. For all, for all parties involved, that would be the ideal draft slots for those guys. It'd be so much better for parity in the NFL's future. I, I completely agree. So, so let me ask guys. you this, though. I want to squeeze this in before we wiggle off. Uh, of the topic, um, you mentioned off the field issues, which are very important. And you also mentioned mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Um, yep. Full disclosure, I'm a lawyer, so not a defense criminal lawyer, but I'm a lawyer. So mm-hmm. I have not commented on Deshaun Watson's situation at all because it's not my place. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't know what the hell, you know, I'll stay out yep. of that. If you want to yep. comment on that, please feel free. But my question to you is um, what do the I- Texans do? I'd, yeah, I'd love to hear this. Yeah, I mean, if what you want to do, what do the Texans do? Because whether or not he. Well, yeah, what are your thoughts on the situation? Right. Because so, first of all, we go from Deshaun Watson sitting out and the whole beef between the Texans front office and management um, and Deshaun Watson. Then we have this, all this. And I'd love if you want to elaborate on the presence of Jack Easterby, please do. Because Houston faithful still don't understand what that man's role is. Um, he was in New England. I don't know. Maybe you have a better idea. But. Um, I've talked to Jack once or twice, but I don't know him like that. Right. But that all, all of that then gets completely forgotten about with the lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. So, and now it's like a matter of, you know, is he going to sit out? Uh, You know, will he be inactive because of the off the field stuff, all of that. So I am uninformed when it comes to what is next. Cause I don't really, I don't think we've ever seen a situation like this. And I was just wondering if you could elaborate on that. Um, First and foremost, like, um, I think I'll ask your question directly. What should the Texans do? They should trade him. But can they trade him? Because I don't think, yes. I think right now, I think right now most teams are probably 
Why should they trade him? He's a depressed asset. He's a depressed asset. But so with think, five years left on the deal or because of the off the field stuff, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody, I don't think a team can pull the trigger on a trade right now for him. Right. You look risk. so bad. You look so bad. You, you know how this is going to play out. And listen, I would trade, and I don't mean to trivialize, and I'll get back to the, the accusations in a second. I'm not trying to trivialize the seriousness of the accusations when I say this. But I would trade tw- for 25-year-old Deshaun Watson to have him for the next five to ten years. By hand. Because he's going to miss four games? No problem. I'd give I'll my take, hand to have him in Minnesota. Take, so that's yeah, what you think? That. You think the, you think the off-the-field stuff will... I'm saying if I'm another team, but I don't know that a team could do that at this point. I think as we approach the draft, which is two weeks away, I do. I I could see a team, depending on how this sorts out, maybe making this trade pre-draft. But if he's not traded pre-draft, I think what that tells you, these teams need to wait and see how this plays out. And maybe there's a June one, a, a, a closer to June trade. Now that's not good for your Texans because ideally they are not Texans, my Texans. They oh, are no? not. I mean, they. Oh, they for- They've lost, sakes, man. They, they've lost me. They've lost me. Okay. There's many, many reasons for that. I can elaborate if you want. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I'm just going to say this, it's not good for the Texans because ideally they're executing those picks in this draft. Ideally they're getting the Dolphins picks and, you know, and using them now. So that's having said that, um, I, I think if you're another team, you can't give up the farm. And if you're the Texans, you can't give them away. Right. So I think you got to just let it play out. I think the Texans should trade him because a he doesn't want to be there. B you're starting, you're turning the age, you're starting a new regime. Why would you start a new regime with all this hanging over it? In terms of the accusations themselves, what I tried to do is I've never been one to avoid a topic, especially when I've spent so much time talking about a guy, as we all have this off season, and if it were somebody, ask yourself this: if it was somebody that you didn't like or you didn't trust, or you didn't think highly of, or that didn't have such an impeccable reputation, or that didn't have the respect of the community and the respect of the NFL community that wasn't so well regarded and that wasn't seen as a guy that we rooted for and was a a good guy stuck in a bad situation, if he wasn't seen as all those things, he weren't as popular as he was, and these accusations came down. There wouldn't be no problem talking about it. I think no, no, hard, I, I, I meant I don't I talk mean, about let it. Him finish. And I don't mean for you. I'm not, this is not directed at you. Right. You, you're, 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 this is the, the lawyer and you won't talk about it. And I, 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 I was all those I'm things. Saying, I was a huge Deshaun Watson fan. Believe it. I thought he was a great guy. I think that's what makes it difficult to talk about because yes. absent physical evidence, absent pictures, absent video, it is hard for us to imagine that Deshaun Watson we know committing what he's accused of committing. I'll, so that I'll say makes this. it really hard to discuss because what we don't want to do in 2021 is minimize or marginalize or disrespect the position of his accusers. Right. I think we've evolved enough as a society to realize we can't say that what somebody isn't capable of doing, and we shouldn't say that women are lying. It's rare for up. Not impossible, but very rare. So having said all that, and I'll get it back to you, Rush, with this. 
it's like what I've tried to do as a commentator every day, I'm brother from another, is I have tried to center sexual assault and not center the quarterback. Because if you center the, if you make it about Deshaun Watson, that's where you nev- you get into, well, this isn't who he, he is, or no, you know, he would never do something like, Mm-mm. this is about sexual assault. And let's talk about sexual assault in an intelligent and responsible way. I'm not proclaiming anybody's guilt or innocence, but what I'm saying is sexual assault doesn't always look like some creepy guy in, in, living in For his sure. mom's basement that walks around with a limp, you know, long hair. That's, that's it, you know, that, that pins a woman down and forces himself on her. That's not always what it looks like. It's not, it's not the movies. 100%. Sexual assault Epstein is Island. more nuanced than that. And let's have a mature adult conversation about sexual assault in general and try our best to enlighten and inform and educate our young men in particular about what sexual assault looks like. That, I think, is our responsibility, not to your point, Rouge, not to declare guilt or innocence and try to figure out the truth, because the truth is not somewhere in the middle. The truth mm. has literally two forms. He could have his truth and they can have their individual truths. And neither side could be lying. That's sexual assault. Mm. Right. In so so in the and, and you're exactly right. The attorney in me is trained to wait for facts to come out. Yep. And then assess those facts before I before I opine. Um yep. now I I totally agree <clears throat> with everything you're saying. You know, people think it's like this, uh, you know, what you described, right? You pin someone down, you get physical, all that. Frankly, man, if we're just being completely honest, I think what most likely happened, if you've ever been around people of influence, you understand, you know, I think it's perfectly reasonable to think that Deshaun Watson put his hands where he shouldn't have and maybe other things. I don't know if he did, but to Mm -hmm. act like that could not have happened based on like this thing we see from, you know, I don't know Deshaun Watson. All I know is, you know, all I know is he's a star quarterback and he easily could be guilty of these things and that's what we've learned like we can't judge people based off of their public persona but what i'm saying is like and this is where i think we should live if i think there's a responsible space to live in is deshaun watson can see could see the encounter one way right and not believe he did anything wrong i agree with that no that's what i think happened These, these these women could see it another way and they could also be right Right. Some of them could be embellishing, but all it takes is one to be telling the truth. And so it's like, that's why I I'm fascinated. I I can't, I'm fascinated to see how this plays out because look where there's smoke, there's how can you prove consent though? How can you prove or disprove consent? I don't know. I'm not, you're the lawyer. I'm not scared to do that. I don't think that I'm not saying he's guilty, but, and I could, I'm in no position to say he's guilty, but I'm also in no position to say he's innocent. Right. You're right. The smart thing is just wait for it to play out. But I think ultimately, if it's if it's about arriving at the truth, then you really got to ask yourself, well, whose truth? And I think that's what gets messy in these kind of situations. I think where there's smoke there in life in general, period, no matter what it is, if we're talking about, you know, something serious like this or something trivial that doesn't matter where there's smoke, there is generally fire. How big is that fire? I don't know. But there's generally fire. Um, and just as a lawyer for 22 to be filed, 
there has to be some level of veracity and truth for them to, I mean, what those facts are, I don't know, but there has to be at least some level of factual or truth, whatever you want to call it, statement, whatever you want to call it, that is believable enough, reasonable enough to be investigated and litigated and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's something there's there's enough there for people to, to like, whether it's the Houston PD, whether it's Busby and I can't stand how Busby is going about it, but it's not awful. It's not about him. Um, there's enough there, but how much of a there there is there? And, you know, it's, I think it really just comes down to, we, we weren't there. We can't speak to definitively what happened, but we also know that for a woman, for Ashley, let's just say for all of them have now put their names to it. I think it was like one decided to withdraw the case and then they filed another filed suit. So now there's 22 cases with 22 names attached. Right. I think she had to, I think she had to withdraw it as a formality and then refile. Is that what it was? Okay. I think, I think also what's, what's important to note is that in a, people need to understand there's, there's criminal trials and there's civil trials in a civil trial. You only need to be proven guilty by a, what's called a preponderance of the evidence, 50.1% or or greater in a criminal trial is beyond a reasonable doubt. 99.9%. So we continue. No. So much, much lower threshold for liability. So, um, in terms of like Ashley Solis, for her to get up and put her face in her voice and tell her truth the way that she did, women don't do that. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's a, it's a hard thing to do. So that's why I'm just, I'm living in this place of like, I am here to talk about the issue of sexual assault, which takes on many forms. And I look at it as, I don't, I, I'm in no position to say who's telling the truth and who's lying. Cause I don't think it's that black and white. I think a lot of times in these situations, people see these interactions and these experiences differently. And it could be a, a misunderstanding is, is not an excuse. Could it be a lie? Could, could it, could it be some kind of grand conspiracy? Yeah, it could, it could, but that's, I think what's tricky is it's like, and in 2021, I think we all have learned just not to speak definitively. So I've I've tried to just, I think the safest place, and I think it's the safest and most responsible place to be is to, you know, give Deshaun Watson the innocent until proven guilty in a court of public opinion benefit of the doubt without proclaiming that his accusers are lying. And believe women without condemning and convicting Deshaun Watson in the court of public opinion. How do you do that? By not making this about Deshaun Watson, by making it about sexual assault. And Absolutely. And that's what, this, that's what the conversation needs to be about. And that's society, I think, biggest problem in general in these really serious manners and all walks of life. I mean, it's not, nothing's black and white. I mean, there's got to live in the gray space and can't be thinking everything's just definitive and it just doesn't work like that. So with the information Intel we have, is there any percentage like that gives you the belief that his career could be over? No, okay. Nobody can predict the future and it would have to be, okay, let's put it this way. This would have to be, he would not only have to be guilty, but he would have to be Darren Sharper for his career to be over. Okay. 
based on what we know now and based on how society works, if you think about the people who've come back from, I mean, Michael Vick literally came back from jail. Ben Roethlisberger even, I mean. Well, Ray Rice didn't come back. He he never played, but different position. But I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, it wasn't 22, but it was two. The late Kobe Bryant, Ray Lewis. I mean, people have come back from, I mean, again, this is so much different, but I mean, actually, one of the most hated people in sports, and now he's on Fox and marrying, or they broke up now, but what was with J-Lo. Just about my Timberbuck. Yeah, now, you know what I mean? It's like, so I guess what I'm saying is there's always, America Room loves a redemption. comeback story. Even if it's from, yeah, even if it's from something, and again, this is not me proclaiming guilt. I'm saying even they love a comeback story, even if it's from something as awful as sexual assault. Well, I guess and so. He's 25 years old. The moment he's available, a team is going to sign him or somebody going to trade for him eventually. He's too good. And I th- and time has a way of healing all wounds. And I, I, so I, I can't imagine that he doesn't play again. Not with what I've seen. Not the people I've seen that I, like, man, have a tough time coming back from that, only for him to come back and become mainstream heroes again. We, sports, has a, sports and entertainment have an interesting way, even in this era that we're living in, even in the era of Me Too, even in the era of so-called cancel culture. Um, Unless this rabbit hole goes much deeper than it seems, I, I, I think he'll play again. Very good. Well, we've had you here a long time, Michael. I really appreciate this. It's been a lot of fun. It's been fun, man. Let's, uh, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate that. So let's wrap up with this. Looking back in your career now, uh, what would you say is the piece of work or the, the show or the, the piece that you've, you've put a lot of energy into that you're most proud of? And then after that, mm-hmm. like, what's next for Michael Smith? I'll answer the second question okay. first. Um, the the very next thing for me is getting ready for tomorrow's brother from another, which is wearing me I'm out. Enjoying it. Um, I appreciate it. Um, we're we're trying to make we're trying to have the people who watch it. Can I cuss on this podcast? Yep. One of the things I learned is like, don't worry about the people who don't fuck with you. Like, make sure the people who fuck with you fuck with you hard. Yep. And we did that successfully with his and hers, and I think. With this show, I'm just trying to like be the best we could be for the people who are watching us, whether that's five or five million. Probably okay. closer to five, that's fine. <laughs> um, so immediately, I'm gonna try to make the best brother from another that I can tomorrow. Um, in the grand scheme, I'm really trying to pour as much of my bandwidth and energy as I can toward inflection point entertainment. Um, I pivoted to the content uh, creation and development space making documentaries and movies. So I'm trying to play in that space. So I, I'm trying to build my company. The thing I'm most proud of, uh, I would say it's not a project. I would say it's a mindset. And the thing I'm most proud of, if I had to pick one thing over the course of my career, is my ability to reinvent myself. Um, you know, I've, I've been a, a beat reporter, uh, a national NFL insider, um, a talking head. Uh, I've been a scoop guy. I've been an interviewer. Um, I've been a host. I've been an anchor. Uh, I have been a commentator. 
Um, I went from covering the NFL at ESPN to um, bouncing around and hosting. I, I, I made myself into a host. I wasn't a trained host. I made myself into a host. Uh, enough to host Sports Center. And people can say what they want about that. That wasn't something that was just given. That was earned. Um, and so, um, and now I'm reinventing myself again into uh, an entrepreneur. So I think that's the thing I'm most proud of is that I've been able to wear a lot of different hats and wear them well. Mm. If Amazing, I'm man. Renaissance, man. It's difficult <laughs> to do, man. There's a, there's a, progression as you move on like I, I i was not always an attorney i've just been an attorney for a couple of years this is crazy though when you kind of stop pause look back and you wonder like how did i get here that's pretty cool mm -hmm. so i, I can yeah. i can relate to that not at your level of course but just you know just a little bit uh, i appreciate um, it man yeah man uh blast having you on man this is probably the what? deepest we've went on the show as far as touching a serious topic so we appreciate you for helping us do that um no and yeah man uh Anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Uh, no, nah, man. I just, I, I just like to say thanks um, to people like yourself who've, uh, you know, supported me over the years and 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 have been interested in hearing what I have to say and, and interested in in my story and my journey and my evolution and and um, my perspective and and that means a lot. I don't take it lightly that you know there are a handful of people um, that are interested in in what I think, um, and so. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on, man, and just just keep rocking with your boy. You know, if you uh, if you are so inclined, check out Brother from Another. Um, we're live on Peacock every day from uh, three to five Eastern. If you don't have Peacock, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel um, and our social channels, Holly and Smith. And uh, I don't tweet as much as I used to back in the day, so I'm not even going bother telling y'all to follow michael smith on twitter or instagram chances are you already do you know what i mean it's like ain't nobody ain't nobody new following me at this point <laughs> right 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 i don't know man like either you fuck with me or you don't you For know sure. what I mean? right. so it's like hey but but you never know when, when those when those docs drop and keep reinventing yourself i mean yeah. hey your yeah. chapters will turn there you go so no that's it man i just i just want to say thanks because and that's why i said earlier about steph curry is like i i see that I feel that gratitude and I see it in him and I, and that's why I'm feeling right now. I'm just grateful. Grateful to still, uh, still be working right now. So that's Michael been a blast Smith. watching your journey, seriously. And, uh, Mike, I, know the Michael genuine Smith. relationship and connection you guys have in that show is real. Like you can, you can feel it. It's no, no bullshit. And it's just great topics. Thank you. I was going to say, uh, Michael Smith's second greatest showman of all time when it's all said and done, right, right, right behind stuff. <laughs> no, but Hey, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Thank you. Follow, like, subscribe, rate, Noble and Rue show, brother from another. Look out for everything Michael's got going on. We appreciate y'all listening. Until the next time. <laughs>